It's our end of the year wrap up of the cars that we like the most and the least. Next on Talking Cars. Hi everybody and welcome to Talking Cards with Consumer Reports. Sitting in for Tom Mutchler, I'm John Linto. I'm Mike Monticello. I'm Michelle Naranjo. I'm Gabe Shenhar. Well, it's the end of the year. We've had 67 test cars through our program this calendar year and it's really almost the best show of the year because we're able to talk about what we like best and worst from our test program. So I've gathered four people here, so different opinions. We can, you know, kind of nail it out, nitty gritty, find out what Duke it out we like. Me. Duke it out, exactly, you know? And it's not something that we have to have that has to mirror our test reports. You know, certainly our testing uh, is, is a compilation of, of our, all of our data, our in-car, our subjective, our objective. But you know what, if you have opinions that matter, stand out, we'll tell everybody out here what we liked about the vehicles. And I also have some information from the staff as well, so you know, a little fill in some data there. So why don't we start with Mike right here. What was your favorite car of our test program this year? Well. I'm not going to give a three-pronged answer okay. if I'm allowed okay. to. Sure. As far as just a, uh, like a car to drive every day, I, the Audi A4 really stood out for me. Certainly. It, there's, there's almost, it has almost nothing wrong with it. You know, it's, it's got a smooth, strong engine. The two-liter turbo. Yeah, two-liter turbo. It uh, has a dual-clutch transmission that doesn't have the low-speed issues of most dual-clutch transmissions or many dual-clutch transmissions. Right, like a, like a herky-jerky Exactly. Motion, right? And, and um, you know, it shifts crisply. The handling's really great, and yet it's... Uh, has a really comfortable ride. Mm -hmm. It's very quiet inside. So there's just it's it, pretty roomy as well. I mean, it's yeah, grown over the years. It's it's just does everything right. But that's actually but it's that's a car to drive every day that but I'm more into cars that excite me. And so we also had a, a 718 Boxster. Right. And yeah, Porsche 718 Boxster. Right. The Porsche 718 Boxster and that has, you know, the new turbo four cylinder and the question is was that going to ruin the car? Right. And so so yeah. the fill in, you know, it replaced the six cylinders, right. the flat horizontally flat opposed so This sixes. is the flat four right. turbo. Uh, and our, we got the base model with the two liter, and it still is a boxer. It still yeah. handles like a boxer. It's really fast. Um, so it's just, it didn't ruin the car like I think some people maybe thought it would. It sounds it, good. It, it sounds, it doesn't sound great at idle, but it sounds good once you really mm -hmm. get into it. You got to drive the car hard. Right. Um, but you know, the handling is still fantastic. I'm but, guessing that's going to appear on, on other lists throughout. So what, yeah. what was your last but, one that you loved? The car that really excites me, the car that, you know, I, when, I, when I know I'm going to drive it for the night that I'm really excited about going to drive it was the Chevy Camaro SS. And okay. So three sporty cars. Yeah. You cried well, the when, we, was a when we were about to sell that car, right? No, I, I begged the office manager not to sell that car. To find said, a reason that we had to keep testing it right. or you're going to buy it? No, I just want to keep driving it. What about it? Well, so what about it is, I mean, it's a big, it's a 6.2 liter V8, 455 horsepower, six speed manual that works really well. And, you know, uh, sharp steering, really good handling. It's not just a Especially straight with a magnetic car. ride. Right. We got the, we have the optional magnetic suspension. And so, yes, it handles great, but it doesn't beat you up as much as you might think it would. It's, it's a right. car you can... You it's can a modern-day muscle car exactly. in every sense of the way. And I know it's got some faults. You know, it's still difficult to see. You know, it's the new Camaro, but it still looks like the old one. It's still difficult to see out of. Right, right. Uh, there's hardly any interior storage. Um, it's claustrophobic. Claustrophobic. <laughs> the rear seat is tiny. And we had a, uh, the turbo four cylinder. We rented a turbo four cylinder for a little right. while. And I noticed all these faults in the car. You know, the, 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 ha the dash has this weird, it's like weirdly high right here, right? And, and high cowl and yeah. then also the infotainment screen, yeah, it's, right? It's right. like way up here. And so I noticed all these things and where am I supposed to put my cell phone and where am I supposed to put that? 
when I'm in the SS, I never think about any of those things. Because so, so the engine and everything kind of overwhelms yeah. and, and, and takes away the negatives for you. Exactly, because it's, it's, it sounds so great, it's so fast. You know, they say you look forward to going just to get some grocers in it. Yes, this is a car that you can, every time you know you're gonna drive, you're like, oh, I can't wait to get back in that thing. Okay, so, so two dedicated sports cars and a sports sedan. Mm -hmm. Michelle, what about your choices? I bet you guys all think I'm gonna say Chevy Spark, but I'm not. The Sparky Chev is what you're gonna say. <laughs> I love the Boxster as well. Okay. I, and I do tend to be a small car person, but the car I think that surprised me the most that I enjoyed was the CT6. So wait, wait, what, first, what about the Boxster? What, I mean, beside anything that Mike didn't say, you know, what was the no, that stood out for you? No, I think he covered it. I mean, I don't think we agree You're on the welcome. Camaro. You're welcome. Thank you. We don't necessarily agree on the Camaro, but I think on the Boxster we do. Okay, okay. So CT6 and, just really surprised me. It's, it's beautiful, it handles well, it's so not. It's a, the Cadillac CT6, they're, right. they're current flagship sedan, they're right. large sedan. It's large, but it's not terribly large. Right, not like a BMW 7 Series Audi A8 size. Right. It doesn't drive large. No, it doesn't. Very true, very true. And again, what about that? Just it, it, it has a, a lot of really neat things going on. Like I love that I can charge my phone by just laying it in the center console. Okay, so it's the QI charger yes. that you can just plop it in. Um, so that's an Android thing though. You have to right. get a case for, for Apple phones, right? But um, it, it's not an overly complicated car. For example, the E300, I get in, and there's so much going on inside. That's that, a Mercedes-Benz E-Class, yes. right? right. Um, I, I don't, I, it's just too much. And I like the simplicity of the CT6. It's fun to drive, it's beautiful, it's comfortable. It's a great cruising car, I think we'd all agree it's, on It's on got that. a really nice engine, it's, it's, it's uh, very comfortable to drive, has a, yep. a really nice suspension, and yet it still handles pretty well. It drives smaller than it is. Yeah, and, you know, that's not something you could always say about big Cadillacs back in the day. Well, I think one of the things that we've said a lot recently is that Cadillac has gotten their sedans right it's the SUVs where yeah, they've fallen right, down, right. whether it's the SRX or it's the Escalade. So, and the so, SUVs are the ones that sell and the sedans aren't. Exactly, right. exactly. That's, Unfortunately. That's, so was there any, are there any other choices for you, Michelle? Mm, let's see. I do love the new Alltrack. Yeah, the Volkswagen. Gabe and I are going to be Alltrack. arguing for all winter. You bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, so is that on your list, Gabe, or is that, is that? You know, uh, it's not on my list, okay. uh, but uh, yeah, but yeah, Michelle and I will probably fight over this car. Um, but uh, no, I have, uh, I'm totally with uh, Mike on the A4. I mean, the A4 is just such a wonderful, well-rounded car. It's, uh, it's quick, it's quiet, it's comfortable. The infotainment is so seamless. Um, I mean, the, I took that car two months ago, um, drove it out to Ohio. It's a perfect long distance car, yep. good fuel economy, excellent seat. It has roominess almost like the totally. two previous, you know, two generations of the OA6s. So it's, it's roomy. It's yeah. no longer like a tiny little, uh, you know, right. subcompact sub sports sedan. And I had a first generation A4, so I know what the small seats used to be like. Yeah, uh, no, the car is completely fatigue free. I mean, it's, we basically did the way back in like one sitting. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, nine-hour drive. So a uh, really wonderful car. Um, my uh, other choice, uh, I'm uh, with Michelle here on the Cadillac CT6. Uh, that car is, uh, it's, it's large, it has presence. It, the interior is terrific. I mean, it really feels like something special uh, when you just get in and into but it. There's so even a, like with a Q, wow. Though. You know, because you were talking about being, you know, simple and easy, and such, but even with the Q infotainment system, no well, problem. the Q infotainment system, that they've kind of simplified it uh, over the years. And you the know, there's no longer, uh, it's not such a maze anymore. There are all kinds of shortcuts you can do with the steering wheel and the right. center cluster, like phone and and uh, and audio and and whatnot. Uh, so, 
And the car, uh, just like we said before, it doesn't drive like a large car. It's very has a, this very Germanic character about it. As it, if it pulls uh, itself it's, in, almost like you know the quicker yeah, you go. Yeah, almost shrinks yeah. around the corners, yeah. and it, it's very it feels very sure-footed, very uh, confidence-inspiring, very enjoyable. Yeah, no, it's a, so, it's, um, it's a great sign for Cadillac that yeah. they followed up the CTS with this CT6. You know. We, we, and we like the ATS, the small one, right. but it's just, it's a comp, that's a compromise. Exactly. It's, it's a good interpretation of a large ATS and CTS, uh, and, and it was really a very uh, formidable competitor. I mean, it scored really well in our tests. Yep. And uh, so now I get my one more, right? You get uh, one more. My, my third one. choice is the uh, Jaguar XF. And uh, <clears throat> Yes, the, the interior doesn't look very impressive. Right. Uh, it, it doesn't come close I to the know. Jaguar I don't know. We had some people on the staff that said they actually thought it looked modern and they liked the fact that it was so clean. Yeah. It wasn't the sitting room uh, of the Jaguar as a whole. It's not the old school Jaguar, right. yeah. Yeah, but you know, there are some misfits in terms of fit and finish, sharp edges, um, some, uh, some gimmicks that are there for no you're not reason You're not all. selling it. You're not selling how good it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the if the interior was as good or as almost perfect as the handling, the steering, the braking, um, the, the car would be terrific. Uh, I mean, driving that car, I so thoroughly enjoy driving that car. Mm -hmm. It has this unique uh, agility to the handling, yet the ride is so supple and controlled. Sure, there's an excellent balance of the right uh, And the powertrain is, uh, I mean, it's not the most refined in terms of uh, sound and, and being yeah, three liter supercharged with the supercharger. Six, right? I just jump into that car every time there's nothing better on the board. No wonder why it's free. He's got that long commute. I put my name on it, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, okay, so I've got a couple here. Um, like the group, I like the A4. I just found it to be, again, like everyone said, roomy, comfortable, refined, fuel economy is great. Uh, it's, it's not a fatiguing car. I was really impressed with the Honda Ridgeline because of just towing, hauling, and utility needs. Uh, drove it with the family out to Cape Cod for a number of hours. Easy. Aside from the rear doors that don't open really wide enough that the kids had a little bit of a struggle getting in. Aside from that, great vehicle. Drives like a pilot. You would never know when you're towing behind it. I mean, sure, 5,000 pound tow rating. I understand that. It's not a, a super trucky truck. You don't need super chunky truck for 95% of the time for most people. Yes, there's certainly people who are going to tow a ton. Um, but, you know, pulling a couple snowblowers behind a trailer, no idea that they were back there. It was, it was composed. I really like the Ridgeline. And the cargo. You can open it up and put your purse in there. You can, the back thing, you know, you could fill that up. You, you could, <laughs> no, not oh, the, in the center in console. In the center oh. console. Yeah, oh, but John's talking about that. The, the, <laughs> I love that. The, uh, the cargo hold in the bed. In exactly. the bed, right, lockable. Too. That's, that's really neat. There's a lot of neat yeah. things on that. There's, there's like a lot of smart things on that truck. I mean, the dual action tailgate. Right, uh, you can open uh, like a door or you can drop it down. Yeah, exactly. And it rides like a luxury car. It's quiet. Yep. I mean, there's no truck that feels as civilized as the Ridgeline. When we were driving it around our, our test track you like you said you really think you're in the pilot you would never realize there's a pickup bed behind you you know you right. just don't yeah. even think about it you right. just think you're it's, in a, basically a car you know aside from the fact that you know if you have a lot of goods you know you have to oh do you need a cap do you need a cover for to use it on a day-to-day on -day base if you have four people fine but that's a typical pickup truck conundrum exactly. you know I, I think the Ridgeline is something that finally that it looks more squared off and trucky more people should take a look at it versus going for some kind of on-sale F-150 or, or Chevy Silverado. Um, 
I was I really impressed with Lincoln MKX this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not a fan all the time of Ford seats, but these seats are, are impressive to me. Um, and it just it drove really nicely, very nice and refined. I've found that I recommend it to a lot of people who consider like a Lexus or you know an R, Lexus RX or other cars in that that area. People should take a look at the Lincoln. I yeah. mean, I found myself yeah. uh, taking the keys to that quite a lot. I mean, it has really nice. 2.7. Ours had the 2.7 liter EcoBoost Turbo, right? Right. The V6, the V6, and it's got plenty of power. Nice transmission, really good handling, decent ride. You know, considering the big wheels, and there's good space inside. It just feels luxurious. It feels like it's well made. Exactly. And uh, it's just a nice driving vehicle. All right. So what we'll do is we'll move now to the worst cars that we had, and uh, it could be a big list, but we'll, let's try to keep it a little, little short and sweet. So Mike, since you let us off. What Why do, do I always go first? Oh, you went first with the good stuff okay. now. He let us off, let us down. Okay. Well, maybe I'll steal some of your picks. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, for me, the obvious easy choice would be the Smart 4.2. Uh, improved over the last version, but still kind of not a great car. I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, loud and it's slow and it rides, has a harsh ride. Right. And yet, small engine mounted in the back. Yeah, and yet it only gets 36 miles per gallon overall in our testing for such a tiny car. You'd think it would get a lot better than that. And know? it's not the cheapest car out there. You know, no. you're not paying a, a yeah, subcompact. If it was 12 grand, price. you'd be like, okay, fine. You right. know, I'm, I'm paying nothing to get a little above nothing. Right. You, know? you could get better cars in that price. Yeah. Point. I mean, it's just. But it's eighteen thousand dollars. Yeah. Exactly. And it's premium fuel. Fuel on boot to boot. Yeah, so there's just not a lot of great things about, about that. But for me, the car that I think maybe surprised me the most that I disliked was mm -hmm. the Ford Focus with the one liter uh, three-cylinder turbo. Okay. And because that thing, the engine's kind of gruff and gravelly, and uh, it's, it gets the same fuel economy as the two-liter Focus, 29 sure. miles per gallon. The two-liter four-cylinder. And yet it's a lot slower, zero to 60 in like 11 seconds. And then there's the fact that, okay, the other Focus has the power shift, you know, dual clutch transmission, which is, is not great. Again, more mm -hmm. of that low speed, herky-jerkiness. Right, like the this sequential. One, right, sure, sure. the one liter three-cylinder turbo, you think, okay, well, it's got a more traditional six-speed automatic transmission. Right. Uh, and it still has some shifting issues as well. It doesn't shift very smoothly. It, it holds, you know, it takes the revs up really high, maybe to, to make do for the fact that the engine doesn't have much power. It only has 120 horsepower. So you add all that up and, you're, and there's almost no reason, there basically is no reason to get the one liter three cylinder over the regular two liter. They cost the same. Yeah. So there's just no, no why would you buy it? There's no reason. Maybe spreading the engine across the lines, they can get into some more vehicles coming down the road. I, yeah, it's, I, it's dictated by Europe and Ford's activities in Europe and uh, just trying to introduce it to the American market, but it, with the, when it's paired, with, it works reasonably well with the Fiesta. That's what I was going to say. It belongs in the Fiesta. I think it just and it's maybe a, with and the manual, manual transmission. transmission. Exactly. But the focus is a little yeah. bit too much car for it. I yep. think, you know. Okay. So Michelle, your 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 two two worsts. My two worsts. Must-nots. Oh my gosh. Well, I <clears throat> I know two of these we actually came in in 2015, so they were still here for 2016, and that, mm -hmm. but I'm going to count them as one, and that would be the Fiat 500L and the Jeep Renegade, mm. because. They were just routinely. You mean the X? I mean 500X. They they were both 
sitting in the parking lot all the time. <laughs> Nobody would take them home. Even in the winter, with all, when there was snow, they were, <laughs> they were kind of like second choices for people, right? Exactly. So those were, those were kind of just a sad example of... But what was it? Was it the transmissions? Was it the space? The, the noise? The, the noise, the ride, the handling, the everything. I mean, the Tonka... Sorry, the Tonka. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> the it, has a look, it has a look to, like a Tonka truck. It would make me kind of laugh if I drove it. It's sort of amusing, mm -hmm. but... Yeah. It's a whimsical vehicle, but... Again, like, like I found with many Chrysler products, a lot on the whimsy and not as much on the refinement. You know, I don't care if it has right. little elements from the old Jeeps or a, a pizza box holder. Like, let's make the car good to begin with and right. throw those in at the end. So I think my, my second least favorite it, it was, is also going to be two cars that I'm going to put in as one. Um, it's going to be the Sentra and the Altima. And That's because six cars. Because compared to something that's gotten, gotten as great, like the Cruise, I think the Cruise is just getting better and better all the time. Yeah, and the Cruise um, is on my short list. Of the good Sentra ones, so, and yeah. the Altima just don't have anything to offer that stacks up to the Cruise. Yeah, and those rear, are rear seat room. That's true. Yeah. That's they're really, but those are two cars that really had a lot going for them, particularly the Altima. I mean, that was such a stellar vehicle for so many years, and it just seems almost phoned in recently. It's just just a miss, mm -hmm. and, and we're not really sure where Nissan's focusing on it. So. Gabe, what about your two? Okay, so uh, my uh, major disappointment uh, recently was with the Volvo S90. So their and, new uh, large sedan? Yes. Uh, that car, uh, it seems like it's gotten everything right. It looks great. It's got a nice interior, but it just doesn't have the depth of engineering that uh, you'd expect from a, a car that costs $60,000. Well, it's got it, uh, the supercharged, turbocharged engine, so yeah, where are, we, where are does, they lacking? It does, but you know what? The car, the, the, the noise that engine makes is mm -hmm. just so nasty. It really um, completely... Uh, are we talking about the F-Pace? Completely <laughs> undercuts the, uh, the luxury component of that uh, car. The ride is so stiff and right. jittery that, uh, I mean, just, I don't understand it. And, um, and the infotainment system, I mean, there is, I mean, it may look good and may impress your neighbors. And, well, you say you have an iPad and yeah, a screen an iPad and, such, and right. I mean, there's so much tapping and there's so many extra steps you have to do for every little thing, like adjusting temperature, changing your radio station. Uh, creating your presets, it's a mess. Just doing something as simple it's, as linking the, the two, you know, the, the two uh, climate, the two, climate yeah, controls. Exactly. Just finding a little link up in the top and right. yeah, you, have to spend, you have to spend some serious time with that system yeah. to understand it. Well, you know, you know yeah, what I'm saying? You, you have to you spend should, some time in it. But, I mean, sit, where? Sitting in your driveway? I don't right. have time to right. do that. No, exactly. Totally nobody agree. does that. Yeah. So, uh, and that comes from the, the, the car company that's associated with safety. So, right. giving you so much distraction and so much uh, um, reason to get your eyes off the road and hands off the wheel is just uh, not, not cool. And it's a vehicle that is good looking and it has some, some a beautiful interior. You can really have a, a nice package inside and following the XC90, which was a disappointment to us, particularly reliability. Uh, you know, Volvo has a lot going forward, the looks department, but right, they're falling short in those quality, the ride, the handling, noise. That's right. that's And amazing. that's the funny thing, because it, it, you look inside the car initially, it looks beautiful and the seats Right. look really comfortable you think this is going to be just a nice plush car going down the road and the seats are really comfortable right. but the ride is not so you just have these offsetting you know things that doesn't make sense with the car you think it's going to be one way and it turns out it's another it doesn't know what it wants to be almost yeah i i didn't find the engine and drivetrain quite as 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 coarse as, as gabe thought i i think it's it could be better but i, I don't hate it but um it definitely the car 
needs, the a, same needs, way. needs I, a lot of improvement. I don't hate it, and I think a lot of people sit still on the freeways commuting a lot and would never have the opportunity to sort of even, or even want to push it and hear Well, that. it's not a matter of pushing. It's just driving it. And I'm crazy enough to have the longest commute here. You do here. have the so, <laughs> well, it's, uh, <laughs> well, yes. so over an hour each way. You've had a lot so of seat time. I get a lot of seat time in these cars. So one more for Gabe, and then we'll move on to the final group. Okay, so uh, yeah, the Cadillac XT5. That's, so uh, that's been a major disappointment uh, for me. Uh, the ride's too stiff. The, uh, the car somehow, I mean, it has the, this 3.6-liter this V6 with the 8-speed right. automatic on paper. It should be wonderful. Sounds super competitive. Yeah, but I mean, it seems like there's something that goes through molasses in that car. It just doesn't want to get out of its own way. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's it's no so frustrating. It, there's right. just no urge there. No, and the ride is way too stiff. The uh, there are some things that uh, are really cheap there, like uh, no four-way lumbar support in the seat. Yeah, it's um, a fifty thousand dollar yeah, vehicle. Yeah, and the shifter, the shifter, uh, that shifter is just impossible. Uh, it's so frustrating. So it's, it's the, it sort of like this, a reverse uh, J. It's hard. Yeah, you it has to go this, like this up into reverse, right? Exactly. Yeah. Getting it to reverse, it's has, not intuitive at all. Right. It entails this L-shaped uh, motion that's so unnatural. Uh, pressing the button, uh, a lot of times you find yourself like you're looking for a parking, for instance. So uh, you're getting that parking spot, you end up fumbling for the, for reverse. Right. You're in neutral, you're just blocking all the traffic. It's so annoying. I think that's when it's <laughs> at its worst is when you really need to say back up suddenly. You're maybe doing a quick turn to get out of the way or do something. And that's when you're going to screw up trying to find reverse the most. And that's when you need to be able to find it the most is to get out of yeah, a, I've, a semi-dangerous situation. I've had that exact same experience. Um, a couple that I've had, you know, the Jaguar F-Pace, like you mentioned before, I dis, dis, dissatisfied with that vehicle. The noise, the ride harshness, the visibility, that bothered me a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I just didn't get any enjoyment out of that. And again, that price, price point, there's a lot of other compelling vehicles there. Um, so my other choice is the Chevy Camaro. Um, not happy. I'm, I'm, I don't think that power and, and handling overcomes the poor ergonomics, the visibility, the weirdly canted screen. And I grew up with Corvettes. I like power. You know, I'm not a huge fan of that of that, that transmission, though it's better than the manual in the Corvette. Um, just not there. And just trying to fold two children in the back seat's a pain in the neck. So it's using it for what it is. It has four seats. That's that's annoying. It's just they're, they're, again, they're not outweighed by the power, the the handling. It's it's a great car, and it's a far bigger step uh, away from the previous generation of that Camaro. It's just not for me. So that's going to do it for this episode of Talking Cars. As always, thank you for watching, and we'll see you next time.